Hey everyone, welcome to season 7, episode 2 of the Famahan Co. Today, I had the delight opportunity of having Mary Jane Livingstone here with us today, or you know her on Instagram as Big 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 Pineapples. And for this episode, I'm really honored that I was able to have her because I actually connected with her through Instagram and through my social media. <laughs> skills I was able to find who she is and she is someone that I really look up to um after this interview she's someone that really manifested a lot of the things that she is or she is now doing in life and one thing that we talked about during the podcast besides reflecting on our cultural identity is what are some ways that she has been doing that has been keeping her on track to where she wants to be or even scratch that not on track but to be where she needs to be by manifesting her passion and her desires so I'm very excited for everyone to listen to this podcast episode because it's something that different than the other podcast episodes who I have interviewed and even had a conversation with. So, yeah. So, hi everyone. Welcome to Kasamahan Ko. I am your host, Chachi Abara. And today on the podcast, I had the amazing opportunity of being able to invite MJ here with us today on the podcast. Uh, let me know how you preferly want me to call you on the podcast. I did not discuss it beforehand, but this could be also another technical edit. But without further said ado, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what Filipino dish, cuisine, or dessert best describes your personality. Hello, aloha, kumusta everyone? My name is Mary Jane, aka MJ, aka Pineapple and the Big Apple or as many of my New York friends refer me to as pineapple. I'm a first-generation Filipina-American and was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm a full-time dental hygienist and educator, and creatively, I work as a content creator, model, and a PMU artist. Clearly, I love to learn and up for a challenge. I currently live in New York City, and let me tell you, the saying is true. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. NYC has been great to me, but there is no place like home. So a little bit about myself. The reason why I moved away from the islands was to, um, I would say, experience new life. In essence and in theory that our family also experienced to better themselves, right? They, my parents left the Philippines to grow themselves. So I left Hawaii and what I know, what I'm comfortable with, um, to better myself. So I moved right out of high school. Three months later, after graduating from Bradford High School, I moved to Arizona, completed my undergraduate school for dental hygiene. And that's something that I've known I wanted to do actually since I was in 10th grade, surprisingly. And crazy enough, I actually didn't move to Arizona to pursue dentistry. I moved to pursue a fashion merchandising because my parents are hearing this. <laughs> they, 
the reason I said that was because it was a way for me to get out of the island. You know, Filipinos, we all love to stick together as one and, you know, multi-generational family lives together in the same household. And I said, okay, how am I going to plot to leave the island? <laughs> so I picked something that was didn't have a lot in Hawaii. So I told my mom, and at the time I was really into fashion. So I said, okay, I'll move to Arizona. Cause that, at that time, my boyfriend, my now husband um, of almost 10 years, he had decided to move to Arizona and I followed him. So and thankfully, my dad let me, but he said, you can only move if uh, you find roommates. <laughs> He's like, you're not moving in with your boyfriend. Um, so I did that. I convinced two of my cousins to move to Arizona with me. <laughs> and they also had the same dreams and aspirations that we all had just to kind of experience new life. And I think that growing up in Radford or going to school in Radford and like Pearl Harbor, just being around military kids, we saw the different opportunities that they've had. And I feel like it was a kind of unique sense that like growing up around the military, I felt like I, I feel, I feel like because of that, it gave me the confidence and opened my mindset to like, all right, there's other things than, you know, being on this Island and what we're familiar with. Um, so right. Three months after I moved to Arizona, pursued my career, um, last minute, I actually signed up to go to the fashion Institute in, or no, the art Institute in Phoenix. And as I was signing up and about to process my FAFSA, my mom said, are you sure you want to pursue fashion? What about dentistry? I know you wanted to do that first. And I said, okay, mom, you're right. I want to do dentistry. That is my, what I've been wanting to do. And that was my passion. So last minute I switched back to my uh, career in going back into dentistry and moms know best, you know, that's what I have to say. Um, so fast forward nine years later, I mean, I established myself. I feel like I grown a lot in Arizona. I spent majority of my early twenties there. And my husband, he was trying to get into medical school and he applied everywhere. So we kind of did one of those, you know, you apply everywhere and whoever accepts you. And when people ask me, how did you end up in New York? And I say, you know what? New York chose me. I didn't choose New York. It was one of those things that just so happened. I, I never thought or dreamt of living in New York, to be honest. I never thought about even like traveling the world, but the opportunity arise and I had no choice. I had to go to New York because that's where my husband got in. And it was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, I say that New York has made me become really the adult, the woman I am now. Um, of course, my upbringing in Hawaii, those are essential to my who I am. But New York is where I found my independence, my individuality there. This city, you know, it's so cliche. Everybody says it. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And that statement couldn't be any more true. Um, so that has been my path um, with also being in New York. It with being the individuality and finding who I was, it pushed me to be creative, um, something that I never thought that I even had or have the capability of. And that's what's the beauty of social media, right? Where you, it 
it pushes you to try new things, do new things, whether it's good or bad. And um, essentially, that's how pineapple and the Big Apple came about. Because while my husband's my husband was busy studying, I had New York City as my playground. And at first, it was a little I shouldn't say it wasn't difficult making friends because there's eight million people here in the city. Um, but to find your group of good friends, it was a little difficult because I'm over here, you know, all bubbly and being, you know, nice. And you don't, you don't do that here. <laughs> you're, you're initially people think you're like, okay, who is this girl? Why is she acting like this? You know, I would, I remember I used to live in Harlem. I remember walking down the street and people literally would be like, I'll smile, say hi. And they're like, you're not from here. I'm like, excuse me. Like, you're not from here. You're from, like, California or something, right? <laughs> it's, so it's one of those things where I'm like, at, at first, I'm like, okay, what is that supposed to mean? But you learn to embrace it, and that's what you find. Like, I find my unique self here in the city, and that's why I always, like, my headline and my um, bio is just talking about, like, sharing the Aloha spirit because it's important. Sometimes we, here in the city, we get so caught up in the grind and, going from play, well, one place to another that you forget like essential things of just saying hi or, um, you know, greeting someone. And sometimes if you're too nice, then it, that's also, it could be a bad thing because people think, take it as an invitation for whatever reason, you know? I think, I think you know, like in those like questions where like, tell us a little bit about yourself and like you expand so much but I guess that's more than what I need to know but that kind of gave me a general like idea of like who you like who you are and like your kind of like your biography in like the 240 characters on Twitter if you have to tweet about yourself <laughs> I know at least I told you I live in my background story so essentially I you know grew up in Hawaii moved across the U.S. to help pursue my husband's dream actually and um, we've been each other's support system for a long time. And, um, and, and in theory, like I said, I finally found who I was growing up in my later 20s and my 30s here. And, and taking what I know from my Filipino background and what I learned growing up in Hawaii and just spreading it all over here. When I think like wherever you are now I feel like it's definitely a calling um because like we we always need that aloha spirit wherever we go exactly and it's crazy you know like I feel like there's instances in my life that it even though it wasn't planned I feel like the universe knew that it was what was supposed to happen was meant to happen right Mm -hmm. and um I remember visiting my sister-in-law. She lived here in New York in 2013. And it was the first time I ever visited New York City. And I remember walking around Chelsea and looking at my husband and telling, babe, how cool would it be to go to medical school in New York City? Not thinking that, like, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make this happen. Oh my gosh, this is what's good. You know, it just, holy cow. Like a couple of years later, it happened. Like, you know? So, but I feel like there's been life events that's happened that way, whether I, you know, you're putting it out in the universe and subconsciously did it, but not realize you're actually going for it. So I don't know. It manifested on itself. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it manifested itself and it's like, how crazy is that? You know? 
but I, I probably met one of the best peoples in my life, like people here in my lives here, like lifelong friends. And like I said, I, I really found out who I really was moving here. And with, I guess to transition a little bit then and like knowing your personality a little bit more, what Filipino dish, cuisine and dessert best describes you in the topic of food? <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. And I was literally thinking about this and I was like, well, I could be this, I could be that. No, maybe I could, no. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to lumpia because <laughs> that is my favorite dish. And I say probably that would be best described me because you have two, you have different ways of eating it, right? You can have banana lumpia, you can have a sweet, savory flavor or a sweet flavor, or you can have like your pork or chickens or your savory flavor. So you can be one of both. I can be sweet or I can be salty <laughs> or I can be rough. <laughs> and you're crispy on the outside so you're a little little tough but everybody knows I'm I'm all sweet I'm all soft I'm a soft-hearted person so I would say lumpia and you and lumpia is one of those things it's it's addictive right you can't get enough and no matter how much you eat (laughs) it's never enough so I would say the best food to describe me is lumpia because of the fact that there's different kinds that you can have I have different type of personality, but also different flavors. <laughs> right, and I think what, what what's what what's good about lumpia is that you can literally it's literally made in any and you can really make anything out of it. Like there's yeah. lumpia, there's pineapple lumpia. That is true, and there's vegetable. Been- I'm gonna have to try that. It was literally between ube and um lumpia for me like when I narrowed it down those were the two you can make ube lumpia (laughs) and now (laughs) I'm gonna have to try that (laughs) didn't even think about that there's a great place oh it's not in New York it's in Florida but they made the best ube lumpia oh my gosh you know we'll have to to try it and figure that part out because I'm sure if I'm sure I can probably find it in New York. You find everything here in New York City. But now that's going to be a mission. If not, I'm going to have to make it because I have the ingredients. Mm-hmm. You can always make it great yourself as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. How was your upbringing like in a multi-generational household? Or essentially, how was your growing up experience in Hawaii as a Filipino, as a Filipina, as a first gen? First generation. I, you know, honestly, I feel like it was incredible like looking back right you, I'm surrounded by family and friends the house may have been chaotic I mean I think there was at one point like 30 people in my house living in my house right because when you have that transition of like my parents were the pillars of helping their siblings transition coming from Philippines to America and my parents there's a lot I can say about my parents that I admire and respect now looking as an adult it's just like wow how how can you live up to that right and first thing is what it comes down to it is family is what's important and living in a multi-generational home and like I said at one point there was like 30 people in our house um you know you're always around you there was never a dull moment (laughs) I would say and you also too, like I also saw the hard work that my parents, but even like being raised by my lolas, my lolongs, you know, um, it, it was nice to be surrounded by that kind of love 
and um, I would say even like learning responsibility and discipline and the hard work, right? Um, it, it really, again, not a cliche thing is it takes a village, but you know, if you don't have family, like what else is there? What, what else is important, especially like living in New York and me being literally across an ocean and a country it's hard. It's hard not having. And that's what I think about a lot where for me, I know that as much as I want to live and stay in New York, I'm going to move back to Hawaii. I have a timeline. So especially now that I'm like starting a family, but I feel like learning from all of that, you saw, we saw the ins and outs of the hard work, the discipline, um, the responsibilities, um, but mainly uh, being surrounded and how important family is. And that, and you know, that's one part of it. And the next part is growing up and knowing your culture, right? I, I, and I tell people all the time here, or even when I just moved to Phoenix, Arizona, where I grew up where we would barely go to the grocery store we would always get like our meats from like, we'd split a pig or split a cow. You know, I would go to the farm. Like I've seen it where my family goes and, you know, gets the food, like literally from the source and, and also shopping for groceries. We like, yeah, we hardly went to the grocery store. We went to the farmer's market. So you also, I also learned the community sense right? And what's, what's important and not only for to help others in your community, but also your nutrition in the sense that if you get your food straight from the source, your lifestyle is much more healthier, you know? And I, and I do have to say like moving from Hawaii to Arizona, then to New York, you kind of, it kind of got lost in that sense where, it is easier to just buy things mass produced, but going back to like the whole culture of things, like even just how to put food on your food on the table, where you're resourcing your food from. um, I feel like that was important because I got to learn the sense of community and how much like every food or things that you flourish, how important the steps to it is it to have it. Am I making sense? Yeah, you're making sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, like, just how important in, in that aspect is. Um, I feel like my parents, too, I think they're, and, like, with everybody, right? Like, first generation, where you kind of find, not conflict, but where your parents are trying to assimilate, but you're also trying to figure out and still have that hold on to your culture, right? Based on the food traditions, um, why you do things, why is the mentality of the beliefs, you know, whether it's superstitions, like why you don't do these things or why you need to put garlic and rice to ward off the (laughs) bad spirits, you know, like why are those things saying, you know, happen or, um, but I feel like my parents did a great job in that. The one thing I do regret is that I can understand Ilocano fluently, but it's hard for me to speak it, which I feel 
that is my fault, but no, I shouldn't say fault, right? I feel like my parents were, I'm the first generation child, like the first generation of all my cousins, American. And um, yeah, it's, it's sad, honestly, because I can speak it a little bit, but it's, I need to practice. Like now that I'm a little bit older, now I understand like the value and especially living in New York city where I have friends who speak five different languages and, you know, and it's like, Oh man, you know, everybody's really hold on to that special part of what's keeping your, your culture alive. But um, yeah. So that's one thing that I like embarrassed, honestly, to say that it's hard for me to speak it. I guess this kind of ties into like, the following up question of like, have you personally struggled with embracing your cultural identity? Because I feel like yeah. language is the key. Yeah, language is the key and, you, and you're so right. And that's one thing that like, I feel, and it's never too late, right? So I'll still try to practice with my parents, but I get so shy about it. But it's, you know, it was a way for my parents to um, learn English, but it was a way, for, it was easier that way, right? And also to assimilate and to, blend in essentially but mm. it was if they were embarrassed to be filipino it was just i guess it may be in their mentality and i'm again i'm just kind of guessing maybe it was they figured it would be easier for us you know mm-hmm. but i remember my mo- most recent trip when i went back home to hawaii i was at the pharmacy with my mom and she was speak- t- talking to me in ilocano and the lady the pharmacist she's like oh, you understand Ilocano? Like, you understand? I'm like, yeah. And she was like, she, she was so impressed. But like, so for me, like, even her just saying that because she was learning how to speak it. So she also, too, was like me where the language was lost. And it's sad if you think about it, right? Like, that is so sad that it, I told my husband, like, Ilocano stops with me. Like, I'm the only person that could make a difference if I want my future generation to know and understand it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I think, too, like, again, this is such an open-ended question because I feel like there's so many topics I could talk about within that question. And even just, like, growing up in Hawaii, right? Like, I feel like I have to touch base on this and it's going to, I don't want to sound, like, salty or anything about it, but it's just kind of, like, like me growing up in Ilocano, being in an Ila, being Ilocano, it's like I was like the minority of the Filipinos. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know what what is your background, but it's like, oh, every time, even when I lived in Arizona or when I visited California, it's like, oh, you're Filipina, yeah. And then they'll automatically talk to me in Tagalog, and I'm like, like I understand a little bit of Tagalog because growing up watching the Filipino dramas, I was learning. And I was like, no, 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 I'm a Lacano. And they're like, oh, you're a Lacano? <laughs> I'm like, yes, there are more than just different cultures in the Philippines. Did you forget that? Like, you know, so I feel like also that I think my parents did a great job at like really honing in on our Ilocano, our, you know, background. Mm-hmm. To like share a little bit about myself too is like I'm also Ilocano. And when you said you could speak Ilocano, it's like, oh my God, yay! Like, yeah. I finally meet, meet another one that's finally Ilocano because like I think similar background as you like every time like someone asks me are you Filipino 
Tagalog looks straight out comes out. I'm just like, no, there's just, I agree what you just said. Fili- being Filipino is more than just Tagalog. <laughs> yeah, like, like I know that's the national language, but come on, guys, it's 2021. That's over 100 different dialects. How do we know this? You know, there's so many more indigenous people out there and that should be recognized. And, and you know, Ilocano, Ilocos Norte is one part. And so whenever people ask, I'm always like, yeah, I'm Ilocano. You know, like it, like for me, it's always just like a step up, like, no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, from Manila or, you know, I'm Ilocano, you know, so, but that's, you know, that, that was always, I think for me, like growing up, that was one thing, but it's just, it's kind of, you know, you have your, every culture has their own systemic racism within their cultures, right? <laughs> so that's one thing and it and it shouldn't be that way but you know there's a lot of things in different cultures it shouldn't be one way but sadly it is you know exactly and I think one thing that you you kind of bring up that's really great is like like what if like we continue to learn about like each other's culture exactly we, we begin to really empathize with one another yeah and you know even like you know growing up and I'm sure you we all went through this because we have like those whitening soaps and you know like those things and it's like it's funny because like a lot of people were like MJ oh my gosh your tan is so nice I'm like you guys this is not a tan it's my skin color like you know like I'll be in the sun for five minutes legit and I'll be dark you know which I you know, I embrace it. Like, I'm fine. Even as a kid, like, I wouldn't have, I didn't mind it. Like, yeah, my mom, like, mom, you have to use the whitening shampoo. I'm like, mom, why? You know? But again, because lighter skin is beautiful. And it's not even just in America. It's in the Philippines. And, you know, have people that take, I've known that take, like, whitening pills, I mean, which sounds super dangerous. And, like, the whitening soap, it sounds so terrible. But, you know, beauties within the eye of the beholder. But mm-hmm. so those are the things that I want to, like, reclaim my Filipina, not because of, like, those cultural beauty, but of, like, who I really am. Like, I'm a proud Ilocano woman, I, even though I need to work on my Ilocano. But, you know, like, at least I know and understand speak fluently, and I know how to make a lot of the dishes, you know? Ooh. Yeah, and I guess kind of going, kind of going straight on with the question is, like, Besides, because it's an open-ended question, like half of this is an open-ended, like we can talk about, we can like, I guess, end up talking like two-hour discussion, oh, but sure. <laughs> I feel like one of the things that you kind of really bring up that I kind of want to get a little bit to know about you is like the idea like um, you embrace your skin color, you embrace the way you are. And mm. I think these are just the things that half of our Filipino community are struggling with is I don't know how to embrace this part of me because I think everyone has a case-to-case basis of like how they see themselves. Yeah and I think too it's also like deeply rooted into our roots right because we got Mm -hmm. taken over the Spanish, the Japanese you know so I feel like now we're just really understanding us as a culture and really hounding in. And I feel like now with this generation and nowadays we're really pretty woke about things and being pride, a proudful pride or being proud of who, uh, where we come from, who we are learning, learning our background. I think that's key and what's important. And like going back to our childhood, it's like, you know, my parents did a great job with that. 
you know, like really, I feel like there could be more and, but it's also me, right? Like my parents only can do so much. So I have to take on the race. Now it's my responsibility to really hold on to the traditions and um, understand the values and things like that. And even simply going back to the Philippines and visiting, right? So those things, I always tell people too, like, yeah, my parent, my dad, he still has his house that he grew up in that's made out of bamboo. I'm like, it's a two-story house made out of bamboo. Like, you know, I still have cousins that live in it and, you know, family and all the time, my parents were always like, oh, okay, you know, we have to raise money to donate to like the churches and like the little communities. So if that's anything, one thing too, my parents I'm proud of is that they really hone, hone in on like the value of getting community, family, um, helping those who, who need help. So, yeah. yeah. And I guess a little bit more of the question is like, what does reclaiming your Filipinx identity mean to you? Um, that question is mainly for me is um, holding on to the traditions that I have. Number one, starting with practicing speaking Ilocano more so that I can be more fluent. Because um, otherwise, like I mentioned earlier, it's going to stop with me if I don't do anything about it. I'm the only person that can do something about it. Like my parents can teach my kids, but it's, it's not the same. So reclaiming that, um, and even, um, maybe being part of like finding my community, thankfully, and I will have to say this, that I found my Filipino community here in New York city, which I am so proud about because going from like Hawaii where you're surrounded by Filipinos and that's just your lifestyle. you like, you, you know, that's what you're part of. And then going to Arizona, whether you're, I, when I moved there, it was either you're white, black or Mexican. Oh, you're Asian. Are you Chinese? You know? So it wasn't like, there was a Filipino community there, but it wasn't as large when I first moved there. And um, people didn't really know what Filipinos were, right? Like any Asian, they, most people are just like, oh, most people never even left their town. So they don't know what Asian or Filipino, all they can relate to is Chinese. Um, and then when I moved to New York, I forgot, honestly, like how valuable having that Filipino community was. And I feel like too, that I'm learning more about my culture in a sense, just not even just my like culture in general of Philippines, right? I, I'm learning about like my friends, like they're from Cebu or from parts of different parts of Manila. So it's not that I'm just learning my Ilocano side. I'm also learning about just a general, um, just Filipinos in general, right? And the mainland Filipinos, I would say. <laughs> and it's a little bit different, but you know, I I'm definitely privileged and so happy that um that they have accepted me into the group i mean of course no one filipino you know one everyone's family but but it's also nice nice to have that you know so i feel like it's been a while since i've really been around it or been around filipinos so it's nice to have that sense of community and it took me years to be honest like it was only maybe until the pandemic is when i found my filipino community um 
thanks to you know Deidre and Project Barcada, where a group of friends they um, they started a uh, a group to help feed the uh, healthcare workers during the pandemic. And you know, from that, it led into like one thing to another, building a whole big community. And um, and I had contributed by making um, ube crinkle cookies. I just learned, you know, that was one of the things I learned during pandemic. And I had asked if I could like donate too. For so from there, it just kind of like opened up the different doors, and it just made me realize like, wow, I'm I'm losing my touch and my community. With Filipinos because I'm not in Hawaii, you know. So it's nice to have that um, here and as I well. I think that's really great. Um, exactly what you just mentioned with, with all the things that we talked about is that one thing about being Filipino is our sense of community, our sense of like I guess outgoingness like really does shine because like it's what will truly like find us like mm-hmm. we're not lost in us we're not we're not always lost we can we'll, we'll always find another filipino by just the, our genuineness and our authenticity with it which we will exactly. continue to find yes no it's always nice because it's like sometimes our now in new york like it didn't happen so much in arizona uh, at least when i lived there but when i moved to new york it was so refreshing to have people be like, oh, are you Filipina? You know, I'm like, oh, yes. You know, most people are like, oh, are you like Thai, Vietnamese? You know, I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> so everyone, and so it's always nice. Like, uh, you know, it's like almost a kind of like a game where like, oh, what are you? No, they don't say what are you, but it's always like, are you Filipina? I'm like, yeah, how did you know? You know? So for me, it's always refreshing when I have that, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's, I do have it more frequently in here in New York. And usually the response is always like, oh my God, my coworker, I have my best friend as Filipino and they're like the best and best personalities, you know? And I feel like that comes with like our culture and our country and how we are as a, as a being naturally where we're probably like one of the, they always say one of the nicest people they've ever met, you know? So on top of that, you mix Filipino with the Hawaii culture. You're like, whoa, even more so, you know? And I think, like, now that I think about it, too, sorry to interrupt, it was because now it's in the top of my head. Like, I feel like growing up in Hawaii, yes, I was Filipina. Growing up, I was surrounded by the Filipino culture. But my parents and cousins and family also embraced the Hawaiian culture, too. You know, so, like, I feel like, and whenever people ask me, oh, you're Hawaiian. like No, 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 I'm Filipina, but grew up in Hawaii. So, you know, it's like saying you're a New Yorker. Well, yeah, I'm a New Yorker. But I, and I always tell people, look, I can't say I'm Hawaiian because there's an actual Hawaiian race. And for me, and I feel like all of us in Hawaii who understand that, it's like, you don't want to disrespect the Hawaiian culture either. But we've also assimilated and also took in the Hawaiian culture as part of our own. So we're, you know, essentially we're locals. So I feel like I, when people ask me what are you I'm like well Filipina but grew up and raised in Hawaii so like I also embrace the Hawaiian cultures and upbringing so I know I'm like literally all over the place but it's like again there's so much things to like talk about there is and like it's it's really great to that you brought up that 
the piece like your parents learned to embrace also the Hawaiian culture essentially because like growing up and immigrating to Hawaii like there's you grew up in a place where it's like a, a multitude of different cultures kind of combined so you learn to like see the different cultures around you learn how to adapt to everyone's sense of like being yeah and then you you pick up on everyone's culture right like people always ask me like what is Hawaiian food I'm like well there's traditional Hawaiian food but if you're asking me what Hawaii food is like it's a mix of everything and it's like the perfect example of like a melting pot you know it's a perfect example of all there's a little bit of Portuguese a little bit of Chinese Japanese Filipino like Chinese so it's just it just kind of also shows you like the upbringing that we've had growing up in Hawaii which is why it's important for me to move back and I realized that two years ago because I never thought I would ever move back to Hawaii because I'm like oh there's better opportunities in the mainland which there is but at the same time you won't get the same upbringing as you will living in a place like Hawaii or even in New York because it's also a melting pot you know so but it is nothing compared to growing up in Hawaii (laughs) honestly I feel like Hawaii is one of the things that will never will never change in your heart like it it's something that will always stay with you despite the high expenses yeah 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 that is so true and also one way or another I'm gonna try to make my way there and figure it out you know so if you manifest manifest everything to existence this will manifest into itself too (laughs) you know what seriously like there's been opportunities that's just happened and I mean this is probably something I don't want you to put on the recording I'm just gonna because um that's why I've also been yeah no you're fine you're fine so that's what it is (laughs) it is and honestly it's the idea of like how our stories how our stories will continue to manifest as as much as when you continue to talk about it. It really has so much it, to its play. Yeah. And, you know, like, even going back to, like, um, like, a little bit about myself, like, going back into the creativeness that I was talking to you about growing up, like, in Hawaii. Like, I've done a little – I took, like, modeling classes and things like that. It wasn't until I moved to New York where all those skills and traits that I've learned as a kid – and hope for and dream for um it didn't manifest until I moved to New York City where now like being like an influencer um I was able to land some gigs with some brands and really hone in into like um like getting into modeling things that I've learned as a kid and you dream to do it didn't happen until like 20 years later you know and going through of things like you know thankfully nowadays people are more accepting of different ethnic backgrounds and cultures and skin color and heights and weights. Whereas before, when I was getting into it, I was told I was short, too short, or I didn't have the right look, or I didn't have, you know, you didn't fit into that model of that idea of beauty. Whereas when I moved to New York, and that was the one best thing about moving here was that like I said I found who I was and it it, and it pushed me to be better and try things and ba- break boundaries that I never thought I could and like I had mentioned in that 
earlier when I talked to you is that I have that imposter syndrome because I'm doing, 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 manifesting my goals, checking one thing off at a time. But yet I feel like I have imposter syndrome because whether our upbringing, you were told that you weren't good enough or not, not necessarily get not, you were told you weren't good enough or X, Y, and Z doesn't make the mark. But so for me, having these accomplishments and like now you're bringing it up to me, it's like, shoot, I really need to um, sit down, take a moment and be like, you're right. Like I was able to check this off of things that I wanted to do and dreamed about and embrace it. Sorry, you're going to hear the the sirens from New York, but (laughs) this is every day, all day. This is normal to me, but I forget, like even during an interview, it's, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, you know, like, I never thought I would be in, you know, the people that you meet, I am so grateful, like with the company that I work with, we were lively, because of them, I was able to be in Target, like what, what, you know, like, never in my million dreams in my life, I never thought I would be in Target, um, or even like on little poster boards in Soho, like seeing my face walking around the most popular shopping place in New York, Soho, and I see my face there. It's just like, is this real? Like, no, it's not real. Like, it can't be. That's not me. You know what I mean? So those are things that I, I, I know I'm struggling with, with myself, that I'm like, no, I'm not good enough. But yet, at the same time, I'm also killing the game, as cocky as I sound. You know, it, it, and, it, and it goes with, like, with um, not only just in that aspect, but also um, in dentistry too. Like I work with uh, probably one of the best dental practices in the world, you know, and it wasn't, and I worked my tail off to get to where I'm at. Right. Like I, with my career in dentistry, like I wasn't the A student, but I knew that the hard work, the things that my parents taught me um, as a child to an immigrant like you got, you got to work your way up to be, be up there. And, um, and also what I've learned too, is just like networking. Right. And I feel like that's where my culture of being Filipino and what I'm learning about, like being like having the Aloha spirits and really knowing how to communicate and network, you really find yourself in better positions in life. Right. And it's not, I used to say, fake it till you make it. That was like my model for a very long time up until like maybe a couple of years ago where you're like, no, you're not faking it till you're making it. But then I realized much later is that I learned it to become it. So in that whole process, in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm faking it till you make it, you fake it till you make it. But in all reality, I learned it to become it, you know? So, and if that's one thing I'm going to say, like, to definitely for future generations and, um, like, my advice is, you know, keep keep doing your shit. <laughs> like, excuse me for, like, saying that, but, like, keep doing it and don't let anyone tell you. And, and, I, and I will admit, like I said, with my imposter syndrome, I have my insecurities and I'm always like, oh, no, that's not me. Like, I can't do that. But I did do it. You know, so I need to like snap out of it and embrace it and stop feeling so insecure because that's what's constricting me from like, oh, shoot, I'm at this point in my life. What do I do now? You know, I felt like I've built myself early on that now I'm like, 
you know, you need that sense of satisfaction alert. Okay, what's the next step? What's the next goal? But again, manifesting, I'm like, no, my time now is, and it's crazy because like all of this has, like, I feel like happened for a reason. So yeah, there's so much to say. <laughs> I know, there's just so much. And like, I really never expected it. And like, like what you said, like, I've always been hearing like, fake it till you make it. Like being a, being a shy introvert, like, me growing up I learned the hard way for that I was like I don't if you really want to become your authentic self exactly what you said you have to learn need to become it and like that's actually a really something that really holds hard because I I don't know that was just really great no I'm glad and you know what hey it's one of those things I learned later so if you can embrace it learn it and do it now even better and um one of the things so in my dental career I also was an instructor at um NYU I was teaching dental hygiene students I was a professor there and also in Arizona so so like what I was saying like I am successful within my dental career and I'm happy about the things that I've done and accomplished in the dentistry realm. And then also there was another part of me or the creative side, you know, I learned later that you don't have to be just one person or one identity. You don't have to be do just one thing. And I feel like nowadays with like social media, people are now are understanding that, right? Because you can be your own entrepreneur, do your own things. And it's always about growth and development and and one thing that I'm really struggling at is just like following through right now at the moment, just following through and just keep, keep doing it, keep going, you know, but also just surrounding yourself with the right, right people, your circle, you know? I guess that's a really great segue to my next question is where do you see yourself in the next few years? And then though you're a queen of manifestation, so. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't even realize that until I'm like sat down and thought about the interview questions. I'm like, holy cow. Like I really did. If anything, honestly, this inspired me to do better and be better and like keep going. So thank you. I appreciate that. It actually was a good slap in reality <laughs> to me that like stop being so hard on yourself and that embrace what you've done and you accomplished in your life because most people don't even leave their city or their town where I literally moved across the country <laughs> and the ocean. So I see myself in Hawaii, actually. It's so crazy to say because I never thought in a million years I would ever move back to Hawaii. Like never. <laughs> but I see myself living in Hawaii and um, making a name for myself there. A name for myself, but also a name for my my family, um, whether it's building a business or, you know, um, raising a family for sure. And uh, embracing that Filipino culture, making sure that my kids know where they come from and know their roots. And um, the hard thing, I think, for me, too, is that my husband, he, he's not Filipino. He's Thai Mexican, actually. So he was a military brat. And I've been with my husband since I was 14. So it's been 19 years. Yeah, we've been together for 19 years, been married nine years. It'll be 10 years next year. So even though he's not Filipino, he he grew up Filipino. (laughs) So my struggle with him is like, 
he'll eat some of the foods, but he's very picky and he's just picking it in general. But he, he was actually the biggest reason why I'm moving back to Hawaii because to him, Hawaii is home. Because that was the place he felt like being a military rat and moving from place to place. Hawaii was the only place that he actually felt like was home. So, which I understand now, you know? So, and what I, and, you know, I see myself in 10 years is just bringing that New York me, bringing pineapple and the big apple back to Hawaii, (laughs) bringing that mentality there and making a mark there. That's, that's my goal. And my dream is to kind of like, I don't know, like I, I would love to, help kids or teenagers or whatever um, find themselves and be able to try new things. So again, start a family, raise my family there, maybe start a business, do something with the community for sure, just to try to have to live a purposeful life and, you know, give back. And, you know, there's always a, uh, with life, there always has to be a purpose. You find you different purposes to why you're doing things. And, um, I feel like I have a purpose that I need to go back. There is a reason why I feel like I have to go back to Hawaii and just, just settle there. But I would not have felt that way if I didn't move to New York city, you know? So I guess you can say the big apple is in the pineapple. Wait, I don't know how that works. (laughs) I know I'm going to have to figure this out. Like everyone's like, I was like, how am I going to be a pineapple in the big apple? If I'm like, if I move back to Hawaii, you know, everyone's like, no, MJ, you still can do it. It's fine. Yeah, eventually. But you know what? The dream is to be bi-coastal. So like have a place here in New York and then going back and forth, which I feel like we can do at this point. If that's what I want, I'm going to make it happen. You know, have a place in New York, be here for a little bit and also be in Hawaii. And like, Hearing hearing what you have to say and hearing what you will do and hearing what you have done, I really think that you have so you have so much to give in this world that we live in and like as a Filipina being in New York and with all the different experience that you have, like you have so much to offer. I'm really glad that you also said that. Just because- thinking about that now that I bring that up, it's like I always tell people, you know, everybody has a story, and I think that's where I can sympathize and also have compassion for where no matter what someone can piss me off or, you know, there'll be someone on the street having a bad day or driving. It's like, you can also think, you know, there's something going on in someone's life that is making them that way, you know? So you you just never, you just never know and don't assume. So that's why for me, it's like, always be nice to someone because you, you just never know your smile, you saying hi, or you just like even acknowledging <laughs> that they're there. Exactly. So. And I think I saw this quote online and says like, you being nice to someone, you kind of make, you actually make their days. Exactly. Yeah. You never know. You, you just, you just never know. And I think, like I said, like being compassionate and uh, just having that and understanding that there is more to life than just around you, right? I mean, those are constant struggles that we have. We're like, oh, does that person hate me? This is like, no, there's just times that people have to do their own stuff. And that's what I have to realize too. Like, I feel like that's what I learned with being a New Yorker. Like, you can't be too sensitive with a lot of things because people, maybe they're running late for work or, you know, they're 
bosses, you know, whatever the case may be, if someone snaps at you or whatever, don't take it personal. Like, just don't. Because you just never know what that person may be going through. But also be nice. Just simple. Share the Aloha spirit. That's it. So I always say, let's just like, and, and one thing when people find out I'm from Hawaii, I'm like, oh, so you got to experience the Aloha spirit, right? And I have a few patients who are like, yeah, we vacation in the Caribbeans, but it's just, it's not the same as when you go to Hawaii. It's just so different. And I was like, yeah, the difference is because of the Aloha spirit really lives and people live by it, you know? who choose to live by it because there's times when I go back to Hawaii, I'm like, what is this? What's happening? But I feel like that's everywhere in the, the world. I think it's the goes to saying that uh, wherever you go, treat it better than once you found it. That's true. I think I messed yeah. up the code, but the but intention I know was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. And with that said, I think that looks actually a perfect way to end. And a perfect way to end is I wanted to share this Ilocano phrase or an Ilocano word with you because I felt like it's a really great way to end it. And it's the Ilocano word for love and it's ayat. Oh, ayat. Well, yeah, because you would say ayat and ta. Yeah. Like, I love you. Yeah. You still have it. (laughs) See, thank you. That's why, like, for me, when I learned to speak Spanish, too, because I took some Spanish classes, it was easy for me to speak Spanish because I know the Ilocano is very, very similar, like the tongue. <laughs> but no, I'm glad. Like, honestly, like I can't, I will say I'm like, now I'm even more proud to say that like I'm Ilocano because like, I feel like we're just not represented enough. You know, there's just more to being Filipina than just, you know, being Tagalog or like the mainstream. Like, no, there's different there's different parts of it. Like I have friends that are like part of the indigenous world and he's doing a great job at like, you know, bringing in, bringing the culture, his culture, where his family, his village is from. And it just inspires me to be like, no, this is where I'm from. This is what I am. And that's it. You know, you want to know why I look exotic? Like, (laughs) it kills me when people say that, but I'm like, Sometimes I know they mean well, but I'm like, no, it's just who I am. That's who I, my culture. Because I was like, oh, you're full Filipina? Yeah, yeah, I'm full Ilocano. Both my parents are Ilocano. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so. And like a, a really fun way to end it is like, if you ever need help learning Ilocano, on the side, I have a second Instagram, which I teach Ilocano when my friends oh, and my I. Goodness. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to sign up then. <laughs> or like we post Ilocano words and we post like Ilocano culture fun facts sometime next yeah. month so if you ever need yeah. that Ilocano-ness well it'll be on the it'll be on Instagram no I love it yeah no absolutely I'm gonna have to look into it it's on your profile it is okay all right yeah I'm gonna have to follow that no, see, I'm glad that you have that. That's what I'm saying. Like, if anything, you're doing such a great job at, like, reminding us on, like, be proud of who you are and your culture and, again, I mean, reclaiming it. Like, <laughs> you did a, you nailed it on that. So, kudos to you. Thank you. And kudos to you, too, for everything that you're doing. And because I think, like, once anyone might listen to this podcast, once it's airs, like, they'll learn that, 
although we are children of immigrants, we are children of immigrants who will be willing to know what it's like to live the hard I hope so. That is one thing I hope is there's one thing that you get from this podcast is just be your truest self, be your authentic self, and don't let anyone, like, tell you you can't do something because you can. And that just goes for everyone, right? But um, just be proud of who you are, your background, your upbringing, and what's meant to be is meant to be. If you ask, ask for it. <laughs> yeah. but you will be willing to put in the work and learn too so yes 